Hi everyone and welcome to another edition of Pro Hire Sustainable Fleets podcast. My name is Michelle Miles and I lead up the Alternative Fuels Division here at Pro Hire. Today I'm joined by Joanne Cleese who is the Head of Transport at Hunterpack. Hi Jo. Hello everyone, thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, I know you're very busy just coming back off the bank holiday. Um, as you guys can hear, um, it's me and Joe, two females who are working every day to influence the commercial vehicle field. And what I'd like to do, Joe, is spend a little bit of time talking about yourself and how you got into the world of transport. And then if we can kind of maybe spend a little bit of time talking about um, sustainability and what you're doing and obviously uh, the plans, what Hunterpack have got with regards to targets. So just to tell us a little bit more really about um, how your journey began really in the world of transport. It was completely by chance, to be honest with you. I was uh, made redundant 10 years ago. I was the manageress of a bridal shop and stumbled <laughs> a bridal shop, a bridal shop. Okay. <laughs> and then stumbled upon a job advert for a POD administrator here, which um, I applied for, was successful in doing it. And then with the uh, support of the operations director, Will Hunter, I've progressed my way to planning manager and then planning and commercial manager and now head of the whole department. So when you say it was a career change, that's probably a slight understatement from working in a bridal shop into working in a truck yard full of vehicles. Yes, I've gone from very girly to very manly, <laughs> predominantly. <laughs> to be fair, it happens to the best of us, so I can definitely relate to that. So I mean, that's just a great demonstration. Obviously, like you said, you had the support when you came into the business and that progression that you've been offered. Um, I think that's that's an amazing thing that uh, that you've been able to sort of like have that support and obviously work hard towards. So obviously when you came into this business now sort of 10 years ago, um, I can imagine you've probably seen a lot of changes. I mean, 10 years ago, obviously maybe less women in the industry. What kind of, what things have you seen sort of like progress over the years with that? I mean, there is certainly a lot more women within <clears throat> the transport industry now than what there was when I first started. I was the only, say, in this office, for example, I was the only female that worked here at the time, and I probably was for around seven years. Really? And we now yeah. have four in here. Amazing. So you can see just from our little transport office that women in the industry are growing. Massively. I mean, we certainly see that as well within within our business. I think the ratio is pretty much 50-50 now. Um, 10 years ago probably wasn't the case. So I think it's a, a great thing as, and that's why, you know, it's, it's a great, it's a great privilege to be sitting down with you and the guys were really keen for us to spend some time together based on the fact of it's you know two females doing what we can maybe from slightly different angles mm -hmm. you're living it and breathing it day in day out but I think it's a great achievement that you've uh, you've been able to progress and achieve so much within the business in, in reasonably work well a short period of time it is uh, I think I was POD administrator for approximately three years and then obviously after that there's just been it's progression 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 planning manager was my first big step up because I'd never actually done the planning side of things so mm. to take control of men planning <laughs> and try and lead them <laughs> It's it quite challenging. Own, it has its own yeah, challenges. I suppose sometimes you have to be slightly louder than the rest to kind of get heard. Yeah, but you don't get put off by it and you just carry on going. Totally agree with you. And then when you get the commercial side of things as well, trying to improve the business and everything that comes with it and now to this, this is the most challenging by far. 
especially in these times. <laughs> no, completely. And, and that's, you know, obviously one of the great things that we're doing with, with this podcast is to make sure that we talk to people that are living and breathing the challenges day in, day out. Um, obviously, our main topic of conversation with the podcast is to talk about the importance of sustainability, but it's also to kind of talk about what else is going on in the industry, because very often the day-to-day challenges that people may face is obviously going to have an impact on potentially their sustainability journey. So moving on to that then, um, what what actions are Hunter Pack taking um, from a sustainability perspective? Has Hunter Pack set any targets, for example, to reduce CO2 emissions? In regards to targets, Hunter Pack as a company has set um, targets. So we want a 12% reduction in CO2 emissions by 2025. 15% reduction in CO2 emissions by 2030, with the aim of being net zero by 2040. Um, we've also trialled and we're continuing to trial all sorts of different things. We've um, used the HVO fuel uh, in, within the wagons. Um, we run a mixed brand fleet, so some wagons saw a very significant increase in MPG, others there wasn't that much of an increase, but there was no decrease. Okay. Um, and then we also, in June last year, so nearly 12 months ago, we introduced the Advancer fridge unit into the fleet, which has, to be honest, especially now with the red diesel being abolished, yeah. um, has reduced the white diesel used in the fridges by 50% wow. from all our figures. Okay, so that is a massive achievement towards the target that you guys have obviously got. Um, and I suppose at the same time as doing the trials and actually implementing the vehicles and the changes with regards to the technology that you're doing on the on the temperature control side of things. While you're doing that, obviously you've got a lot going on in the background um, with plans for the future. We have. The way in which our refrigerated fleet works is we're on a seven year cycle. So whilst we've got a new batch of fridges to be ordered in February 2024, which we have started looking at, we've also got to think of the 2025 order and what could possibly be because they're going to be here for another seven years and yeah, obviously we all know the talk around 2030 and what challenges that brings. Yeah exactly and I think uh, quite a lot of I think there's quite a lot of companies out there that are having to think about life cycle of vehicles so for example if you're running a batch of vehicles that run like you said on the seven year cycle how many lives can you go before you need to be in a position of meeting those targets that you guys are setting so I think that's something that can very easily slip off people's radars you know we're obviously so focused on what technology is now but you have to be considering what technology is coming in the future for that life cycle purpose and that's not just obviously on the trailers that's across your entire fleet your units um, and obviously sort of like vans if you were to run them as well so I'm assuming obviously with all the work that you've done with the technology and obviously the different types of fuel um, I'm sure you've probably come against a, a couple of obstacles or challenges with regards to technology and what's available at the moment we have, we're quite unique in what we do. Um, a lot of our wagons, most of the fleets, to be honest, are out on the road all the time. They're all tramping vehicles. So when it comes to the likes of gas and electric, we can't have those kind of trucks because we're not trunking vehicles. We're not day run vehicles. And until we get to the situation where service stations say have an electric charging point, we're gonna have to stick as we are being a fuel powered vehicle. Um, but we're also looking at obviously the PTO fitments, uh, EcoGen, EcoDrive to help assist um, with the sustainability for the bridges. We are facing challenges with them at the moment, so we're doing a couple of trials. Um, 
and not everything works for us because of how unique we are. And I think the great thing is there though, exactly like you mentioned earlier on, you've already implemented HVO. Mm -hmm. There's an element where you can start to reduce your CO2 emissions with that. Um, but you're right, very often infrastructure plays a huge part in what can be achieved. HVO has its great benefits, obviously, um, but the challenge is then is obviously being able to fuel out on the road. The great thing is you can actually mix, yes. obviously, yeah. HVO and diesel. And I'd imagine that's where the appeal was for you guys. Yes, it was. Um, so we obviously got ours in the bulk tank here we had no issues with that going straight from diesel to um, HVO and then when the vehicles are out on the road they just top up at the BP fuel stations like usual. Yeah fantastic um, so I suppose for you guys it is really keeping a close eye on the future because of the life cycle of the vehicles but knowing that you've got those targets and as a business um, you are very well known and obviously if you're setting those targets you've got to be seen to be achieving those so I suppose for, for you and your team it's very much keeping an eye on technology and you know, obviously being able to turn to people for, for the support of what is actually coming through and have them being coming quite forthcoming and supporting you with that, isn't it? It is, that's exactly right. I mean, we had Pat here the other day and we were looking at um, new versions of fridges that are coming out and such like that for the future. Um, we did have a look at one that's got an electrical battery on it. Um, but the life, I think the standby hours on it was six hours and obviously with the drivers parking up for between nine and 11 hours, yeah. it's not quite at the level we'll need it to be. It's I, certainly going in the right direction. It's going it. in the right direction and probably when we're on the, the new fridge cycle 2025 or 2026, those will be more progressed and able to support the industry to do what drivers do when yeah. they are out overnight and it's not just a trunking vehicle yeah no absolutely so kind of finishing on a on a, a strong positive you guys are clearly setting the scene and those targets are challenging but more than attainable you guys are doing all the right things with regards to technologies and fuels and what you've got on fleet now and your plans for the future um, and I suppose from me really it's to kind of uh, thank you for joining us today. It's been really interesting and I'll be totally honest with you, I've, obviously we've worked together for a little while now and uh, each time I come I seem to always learn something <laughs> new from you. So I genuinely really appreciate you taking the time. Um, it's been a lot of fun and maybe the next podcast that we do will be maybe in a slightly more comfortable environment and maybe in a beer garden where we it can sounds have sounds perfect to me. A couple, <laughs> couple of beverages and then you can hear all kinds of opinions on things. So really thank you very much for joining no us. No problem, um, it's been a pleasure. On the, uh, on the podcast and uh, yeah, watch this space when it uh, goes live. Lovely. Thank you very much.